Okay, thank you very much for your uh, kind introduction. Um, I'd like to start my Dhamma talk with the uh, chanting. Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa My Dhamma friends, this evening I would like to talk about finding peace within you in the chaotic world. The world we are living in now is full of chaos. There is a crisis. I don't know about you, uh, because now I'm in Uganda, but uh, I find a lot of challenge to really find solace. <laughs> and peace. And I have to draw a lot from Buddha's teaching to find out peace and happiness in this current world. I remember when this uh, uh, pandemic started. I was in New York teaching at Union Theological Seminary. Then I, and that was in January. That's when I started to hear the word COVID-19, <laughs> so I didn't know what it means. And then Corona, what's Corona? I had to ask these questions. And then I had to come back to Uganda uh, for a short spell, like uh, a few weeks. And then uh, I had to go to USA in California in February. And uh, things were not so bad by that time. And then uh, in March, I started co-teaching at Spirit Rock. Uh, this is like a, a two-month retreat, but I was to teach, uh, co-teach with the other teachers the last half, which is one month. So halfway the course, uh, things went haywire. We, with many foreigners from Germany and Europe and all other places, we had to start uh, to stop a retreat. <laughs> and as teachers, this was very challenging. <laughs> How can you stop this retreat? And uh, people have already uh, uh, zeroed in and very calm and peaceful. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the retreat setting was very chaotic. We had to stop the retreat and people left. Uh, and uh, myself, I had to leave. They said that they won't lock down the country or different counties. So 17 March, I left the United States. I returned to Uganda and I found a lot of chaos. At the airport, they mixed us with the people coming from all over the world. And for me, actually, I was so, uh, I was so, uh, I was so scared about this. This is because many people are coming from all over the world and the, the airport was full of chaos and they put us in the same line with other people, you know. So um, they, uh, it took us almost uh, 30 minutes to clear and they told me that I'm going for self-quarantine uh, for 14 days. <laughs> 
and I stay here in the temple with many people. So I was so worried what I'm going to do because they are saying that where I'm coming from, California, is is a lot of COVID. They told they told me that I'm bringing COVID to Uganda. You know, so people try to avoid me, and uh, of course, what I did is to get. Uh, my driver went up country for 14 days and self-isolate myself from the temple and other people. So now on the last day, I was locked down. The country locked down, of course, uh, uh, as soon as I entered, but there was another uh, restriction on private cars. And here I, am. I was uh, at night, the president announced all of a sudden there is no traveling by public or private car. So the whole night I was thinking, what am I going to do? Then I, I slept. When I woke up very early in the morning, and the hotel kicked me out at the place where I was staying. <laughs> they kicked me out uh, with my driver. And then because they don't, they, the, the rule, uh, the restriction, it was on private cars, then I could not get into the private car to go to the police. Then I had to look for clearance, and uh, I was on the road, homeless again. As a monk, I'm homeless anyway. So I was on the street, basically. I, I, I could not go to the, back to the temple on my last day. I was full of emotions, really. Fear, anxiety. Am I going to be locked down here for 30 days or three months? And where am I going to get food? All different emotions came. The, the the anxiety, the fear, and every kind of emotions that are coming. And I'm a person who teaches about emotions, how to deal with emotions. So finally, I say, okay, let me do something about it. I called the, the local government, they issued permits for me, and uh, I had to sp spend another night there and end up self-quarantine uh, in an isolated place for the whole night. And then the next day I got the clearance and I traveled back to the temple, but that was not the end. How, how are we going to survive without food? We got... So I think what I'm talking about, all you can relate, relate to it, you know? So now, uh, what I found out during that time, that's about 15 days since I left the United States. Uh, that means March 17 to uh, April 17. I found out that we can draw a lot from Buddha's teaching when we are faced with difficult emotions, when we are faced with this chaotic life, chaotic world. So uh, this is what I found out, drawing from uh, some of the little Chinese I, ha I know. Uh, when I was studying Chinese um, a few years ago, I heard about the word crisis. Whenever there's a crisis, uh, this word in Chinese has two characters. One is danger, challenge, that's the first character. And then another character is uh, the opportunity to meet the challenge. So I said, yes, there is this COVID, there is this problem, but what can I learn from it? How can I meet uh, this uh, uh, this uh, problem using Buddha's teaching. So now I found out that the teaching is still on the Four Noble Truths is very help, helpful to analyze, uh, analyze the problem that 
I'm, uh, I'm facing in this chaotic world. One is suffering, pain, of course. Uh, where we are now, there's a lot of pain, suffering. Mm? So then, uh, then I ask myself, what's my approach when this is suffering? This is suffering. So there is many approaches, but three of them, I can spell them out for you. One is, uh, of course, getting tight, uh, beat, uh, you, you start beating your, yourself up because of the problem. You start worrying about it. You start uh, uh, really indulging it. You start reacting when there's a problem. I said, no, I'm not going to take that approach. There's another approach, uh, ignoring it and just pretend that it's not there. This kind of self-denial, I say, no, 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 the problem is there. I'm not going to ignore it. So now this third approach is a Buddhist way. And any, any person who meditates, this is the third approach is the best, is the opportunity you have to learn, to find a meaning in life, to change situations as much as you can, or to adapt to the situations as much as you can, and move on. And that's what I did, actually. That's what I did. And uh, also, I, the second, uh, of course, no, that's the first number to suffering and how you're going to approach your suffering, your chaos in the world, in your life. So then you go to the cause of the problem. What's the cause of the problem? Uh, when you look at uh, uh, life, even if it's so chaotic, there's still some causes, underlying causes. I found out, oh, wow, why am I suffering? It's because of fear of COVID, the anxiety, uh, how the future is going to be, uh, economic hardships, of course, uh, can cause a, a lot of anxiety. Then grief because of loss. There's a lot of loss during this uh, uh, present world, uh, people dying you know, of COVID and other diseases. Of course, we shouldn't forget that. And then there's that hopelessness where are we? Where, where are we going? What's our future, basically? Right? Then also, uh, I would call those eternal, I mean, internal causes, right? Uh, mental defilements, basically. Then there's also external causes that we kind of feeds into the system. One of the, the, the problems I found out in this current world is amazing. There's also political instability, you know? Like in Uganda, uh, the, we have a, a national election coming very soon. People are suffering a lot because <laughs> the president has been here for 30, 35 years. <laughs> he changed the constitution uh, so that he can be the life president, basically. <laughs> so he's 75 years and we, have, we had a time limit, 75, and he said, no, there's no time limit. You can rule as much as you can, you know. So now it seems that he's, the president here is says he's going to, to get elected and, uh, and he's, he's really adamant that he's going to win. <laughs> and then he's going to rule us another 40 years. I don't know your situation in America, so I can see some political instability. Then we have economic problems, hardships, right? Many people have lost jobs here. Now, there's a problem. Socially also we have problems. Uh, a lot of domestic violence, you know. And in, around the world we see a lot of uh, problems also. Racism, you know, 
Russian justice. So, I mean, I don't have to mention all this. You know exactly what's going on in, in the world and the USA, and you know exactly what's going on. So now, then from Buddhist point of view, there's the third noble truth, which is cessation of suffering. So that's what I call peace, happiness. Yes, peace and happiness is possible, right? It's there, right there. So now, now the question, the next question is, what's the way? How can I get out of this mess? <laughs> and that's the fourth noble truth, right? The ways to peace. And the whole talk is all about uh, the way to peace. How can you find peace within basically? So I found out, uh, of course, I'm not going to spell the whole noble eight for path, but I'm just going to touch a few uh, points that uh, really are very important if you want peace within you, right? Uh, the first point, of course, is to have mindfulness. I will start with that one. <laughs> because uh, sometimes, or most of the time, we find out that uh, due to our unmindfulness, we may not really experience peace, even when there's opportunities to be peaceful. So we, we become heedless, we become forgetful, right? So yes, mindfulness means to remember, of course, you know that, but also to pay attention to the present moment, how it presents itself in your life, in your experience. So now, what is, what is presenting itself in your, in your face is fear. We may not do much about COVID and other things, but we can change our, our attitude towards it. So we recognize there's a problem and we, we shift, right? We shift our attitude. How do we relate to what's happening? And in many ways, uh, mindfulness meditation or uh, any kind of meditation, but let us focus on mindfulness meditation, uh, really, we may not change what's going on in our experience but we can change our attitude towards what's happening. And that's very, very important. And, and there's a, a rule of thumb in meditation that what is arising in your experience is not as important as to how we relate to what's happening. Once we really uh, define uh, our relationship to what's happening, then it's workable. It, it's workable. Even when we don't have the vaccine for COVID, we don't have a solution to our problem. But if we, the path that we are adapting, the approach, the attitude uh, that we are developing towards what's arising is very, very important, not only from meditation point of view, but in, in our life also. So now, if it's fear, anxiety, grief, and other difficult emotion, how do we relate to them? Are we pushing them away? That's not a very good attitude. Are we indulging in them? Are we understanding? I think the best attitude is again drawing from Buddha's teaching to pay mindfulness attention to understand whatever is arising in the present moment. So knowing what's happening is a good start, right? And that's being mindful, of course. Pay mindfulness attention, right? It doesn't matter whether it's external causes or internal causes, but mindfulness is very, very important to deal with this chaotic world. 
For me, in my story I told you in the beginning, how I was caught up in the lockdown, no private cars, and I was on the street, could not go to the police, could not stay in a hotel where I was, uh, in, in, in this uh, self-quarantine. So I had to apply a lot of mindfulness. I would take a few deep, a few deep slow breaths and relax and just watch the show, the thoughts that was running into my mind, you know. So then you see the rising and passing out of that experience. So I would recognize the experience, uh, having what you call right mindfulness of that experience. I would really uh, find out how do I feel in my body? Is there tension? Is there tightness? Is there pressure? Whatever's arising in my body, I would tune in. While my driver was freaking out, he said, Bante, let's go. I told you not to go at night and sneak out in the middle of the night. Nobody would catch us. I said, no, cool down, calm down. I would really, I just tell them, relax, you know. So I, I saw how the practice actually was very helpful, right? So now, uh, of course, we should really know also not only in the body, uh, what's happening in the body uh, uh, with this chaos, but also we should find out what's happening in my mind. What, is my mind racing or is it really uh, calm and peaceful? And then, uh, then you start also finding out, find out, is my thoughts, emotions, feelings, and sensations, is it rising, staying the same, or uh, really actually breaking apart, right? This is very, very important. And finally, I found out that uh, in the final analysis, whatever is arising, let me not hold on to it. Let me let go. Yes, it's there. I may not get the permit to travel back to the temple, but that's okay. That's okay. In other words, uh, letting go, not clinging to that experience itself. And of course, not clinging or letting go doesn't mean the experience is not there. It's letting go, letting go of your attachment to what's going on in, in that particular time. So that's uh, mindfulness. And uh, uh, many times it will help you and uh, you stay calm and peaceful and go through the experience. Another thing that I, I found out to be very helpful is actually to have what you call patience. Patience is very important because if you are impatient, then uh, you are going to arouse a lot of aversion towards your experience. So you become impatient. So patience, it's very, very important if you have to find peace. So I found out whenever I lose patience, uh, then I find pieces. I mean pieces, not in peace. <laughs> I'm reading pieces. <laughs> so uh, I saw myself exactly when I went to the police in my story. And they say, well, where are you from? Well, of course, 14 days ago, I was in the United States. And he's telling me, are you bringing COVID in Uganda? You see, US is, is full of COVID. I said, no, not the whole country. Here I am, I've been in a retreat, in a retreat setting, isolated from anybody, you know? And when I was traveling, I, the, plane, the airplane was half full or half empty, or however, however you see, where you see it. Then uh, I really protected myself very well and I upgraded to business class, 
so that I started from everywhere, everyone in a plane. I explained, and then they were just giving me a hard time that, don't you hear the president directives? You should not be traveling. I said, no, I was self-isolating. So I'm telling you, I was sweating really, actually. So I said, be patient. Don't. I would actually have self-talk. Be patient, be patient, don't, don't lose it. <laughs> You're the one who teaches patience, you know. So basically, uh, I found out that I stayed calm and peaceful, and then I, I, I found a solution. Actually, the policeman was really finding me to be peaceful, all right? So he started cooperating with me. He said, okay, I'll help you, I'll help you. So, uh, and he started helping me in a village there to go to get papers, and then all the village was around me because of my dress. They said there's a Nigerian with COVID in Uganda is stranded and with the policeman all the time, the whole day was with the policeman. So it was very chaotic, my friend, my, I tell you. I, I found myself in a very chaotic situation. So I would say, calm down, be peaceful. Because in, back then uh, in that village, uh, they, they have a policy that once a foreigner or a new person arrives in a village, they will tell all the local chiefs, all the political authorities. So by the time I think I spent uh, 24 hours, another 24 hours, the whole village knew about a Nigerian stranded in Uganda with COVID. So now I really had to practice patience with what's, what was going on. So patience means to buy time, uh, really not uh, react also, and just uh, see what's going on and uh, watch your mind, uh, what's going is allowing yourself enough time to really uh, take things in your stride and uh, don't freak out, right? Don't freak out, but relax, chill, you know, respond, all these things uh, pointing, pointing to uh, accept this uh, uh, patience, uh, embracing also, embracing what's going on, right? And also acceptance of what's going on. That can lead you to what I would say patience if I am I'm embracing, right? I'm accepting wisely what's going on. I'm buying time. Uh, I, I calm down and don't become impatient with people, with the situation and all that. Now I found out also what's really helpful is another, a, a two qualities more, two more qualities I want to tell you that are very, very helpful. One is compassion, another one is quality, and that's how I'm going to end my talk. Compassion is very, very important in this chaotic world because many people are suffering and also uh, uh, and not only people, but all beings have actually suffering. So there's what we call self-compassion, right? Of course, in Buddhism, we, we define compassion uh, from a, a Buddhist psychology. Uh, the, the definition is there. Compassion is a quality of the heart that um, quivers when it is faced with the suffering of others. I would say also with oneself when it's faced with with one who's suffering, you know. Yes, as my teacher always used to say that all people are wearing, uh, the, I mean, he was saying that people go for wedding rings, you know, but not all people have wedding rings. So, but all people have suffer, sufferings. 
so <laughs> sufferings <laughs> sufferings yeah you know everybody has one you know so now uh basically once we really know that everybody is having uh sufferings <laughs> so then we have to be uh, gentle with what's going on and i found out an acronym that helps me to practice if you, this compassion uh, it's called raid r a i d ara that's r as in red uh, stands for recognizing eh, the fact that all beings like oneself have a desire for happiness and free from suffering so that recognition is very important uh, for me i've seen myself uh, how uh, i want much happiness and uh, i don't want to suffer as a monk i really find it out and i've made a little experiment uh, to prove that uh, of course with the idea not to make uh, the insect suffer uh, but tried to do an experiment. I, I had a stick like this and the, an insect was walking and uh, I put it in front of it. It's a little stick. I found out that the insect avoided the, avoided the stick. So I sat down and said, wow, even an insect doesn't want to suffer. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't want to have sufferings, you know. So now it avoided the what? The stick. And then it went away from the obstacle. So that's a common denominator for all us. But that recognition is very good for out, uh, I mean, in, uh, in the outset, because most people may not know that, that this is our common denominator, you know. So once you recognize that, then, uh, as I told you, RAID, A will stand for acceptance, not denial, right? Acceptance uh, that. Uh, of course, that suffering is universal, right? Suffering is universal. So it's not that, okay, it's me, a Ugandan suffering here, and people in America are suffering. So uh, that kind of attitude, and also it's attitude is acceptance. Uh, the attitude you have towards also suffering is very, very important, you know? So now, this is more of a spin-off probably from rain, but in a different angle, we can look at it, deconstructing it. But in this case, for the compassion, is you have to accept that suffering is universal. It's not personal. And we have so many stories in Buddhism whereby uh, uh, Kisagotami lost a child. And uh, wow, so it was she was really, uh, distressed and she thought that suffering was personal her loss of a child was personal so she went to the buddha and buddha said oh yeah okay you want me to bring your child to life back to life well okay <laughs> that's cool <laughs> so the buddha told him uh, her, that you go and find a master seed in any family that has never experienced death. She walked across the villages and towns. Do you have a master seat? Uh, for, uh, if you have never lost your child, you have any person in the family, 
Oh, no, 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 we've been lost. We've been losing my uncle, auntie, and all this kind of thing. And now she came back to sanity. She was now in her full senses. And then she went back to the Buddha that I cannot find the mustard seed. So that was what, that was the teaching the Buddha gave to Kisagotami, that actually suffering is universal. So A stands for accepting, acceptance of the universality of suffering. That's also very helpful when you're in the critical world. Yes, I, I mean, that acceptance was very important that everybody in Uganda now is locked down, you know? No private cars for everybody, including the ministers, though they can get away with it, of course, in Uganda. <laughs> so now, then uh, what I did for RAID, and we're still with RAID, I stands for inclining your mind towards compassion. Inclining your mind towards compassion. In fact, that's what the Buddha taught. The Buddha said that wherever we incline the mind, that's what you become to. And if you want to put it in modern language, uh, according to neurosciences, Rick, I think Rick Hanson wrote a book called The Buddha's Brain. Uh, there he said, uh, neurons that wire together, they fire together. Uh, yeah, so the neurons that wire together, they fire together. In other words, what you do is what you become, <laughs> if you put it in the modern science. But the Buddha simply put it, whatever you incline the mind, you become that, right? <laughs> So now, that's what you have to do with the compassion when there's a chaos in the world. Try to incline your mind towards um, compassion. And that compassion should have a full dose of mindfulness. Because if uh, you don't have mindfulness, uh, compassion can uh, go haywire. You know? Either you get into what you call near enemy, in other words, self-pity. You collapse into suffering or you actually, you become cruel even, and doesn't help at all. That's what you call the far enemy. You know? And finally, on this raid is develop. Distance for developing. You start developing compassion in, in word, in thoughts, in action. This is not just it, oh, may all beings be free from COVID, uh, may all people be free from suffering, and thoughts, and leave it there. No, we cultivate the thoughts, we develop the thoughts, and then we go into speech. The way we speak, it should be full of compassion so that we don't add to our suffering and the suffering of others. You see the many ways we speak, uh, and it is in contributing to other people's sufferings, you know? <laughs> so uh, the way we speak should reflect our thoughts of compassion, and more so, the way we act, what's your actions? Are they uh, uh, full of compassion or they are lacking compassion? Because sometimes we, when we don't have mindfulness, we may actually be having differences. What you think that you're compassionate, but the way you talk, you're not compassionate. And you think and talk that you think, you think that you're compassionate, but your action doesn't even show a single uh, uh, trace of compassion. So this is very important, distance for developing. You develop bhavana, the Pali word is bhavana, uh, develop uh, loving, uh, I mean, uh, compassion, and uh, compassion in words, speech, and action. So now, uh, for me, that, uh, that acronym that uh, I found out, I've written it in my book called 
uh, sowing seeds of peace. It's here, sowing the food, seeds of peace. Uh, I've developed those acronyms that helps me to capture the whole dimensions of uh, compassion that I would like to practice. So now, of course, the phrases that you want to use with compassion is, may I be free from suffering and its causes, and all these things. And then equanimity. Equanimity, of course, is the quality of the heart that, uh, that uh, uh, really, uh, when it, uh, that is, uh, remains, okay, the quality of the heart that remains balanced, grounded, uh, when it's faced with situations of, uh, of course, situations of uh, stress, uh, situation of chaos, so the mind becomes centered and impartial and grounded, right? This is very, very important uh, to remember. When the mind's balanced, then we have equanimity. So now, when you are in a chaotic world, what I found out that is very easy to lose balance. It's very easy to lose balance. I remember very, very well when we was ending the retreat at the, um, uh, in the retreat we are, when we are ending it in, in, in California. I'm telling you, I, I had to change my ticket, go to the airport in San Francisco. I used to call the airline and nobody was answering. <laughs> nobody was answering my, my calls. And we, I had to drive, I got a driver to drive me to the airport. And then the airport, of course, they're saying the people are coming from overseas, they're having COVID, and then uh, come back, and then I have to arrange a hotel where I'm going to stay in Dubai on my way to Uganda, and then try to, uh, to really link up where I'm going to stay overnight. If they, they say, oh, when I went to the airport, they said, no, you cannot travel today. And people in the United States, they're saying, you should go to Uganda. You're going to be locked up here uh, when the local united states you won't leave you won't leave the country so i mean it is easy to lose balance that's what i found out that's why i i say that the last thing you want to lose is balance in the chaotic world because uh, it's very easy to tip off you know to to, to go uh, off balance so now uh again from buddha's teaching uh, Buddha's teaching of equanimity, uh, of course, the Pali word is called upeka, seeing impartially, not with prejudices, right? Not with the, the judgmental mind, right? We can always approach things uh, unprejudiced and judiciously. We can approach things not being judgmental. And also we can uh, have an impartial, imbalanced mind to face people, situation, everything. But of course, this comes with the practice. Yeah? It's not like, oh, I want to have equanimity. No, no, no. <laughs> so really it comes along with other kind of uh, mental states that have explained mindfulness, patience, and other things. Then you really find yourself in that space uh, where you have equanimity. And uh, of course, the, the Buddha teaching, Buddha talked about uh, in Mangala Sutta, actually, he really pointed out uh, about what uh, you, you become when you have equanimity. There's a, 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 a what called a verse in Mangala Sutta, 
itse puta saloka dami hijita yasana kampati asoka virajakema etamangara uttaman a mind which is unaffected by uh, it's unaffected by the and what call worldly winds worldly winds that kind of mind is sorrowless, is stainless, and also is uh, secure, right? So when you are, uh, you are faced with these eight worldly, worldly winds, it's a pair, right? There's pressure and pain, gain and loss, praise and blame, honor and dishonor. Right, so these are the things we see in a creative world: pain, and then there's, of course, uh, we see losses, we see blame, we see honor. Right, so we should try to be balanced. Right, so whether there's loss or gain, we stay balanced. But of course, we have to be mindful when we are doing it, because if we are not, then we are going to have problems because. Uh, when we don't, when we don't have mindfulness, also equanimity go haywire. We become indifferent. But indifference is not the same as equanimity, right? Indifference is turning a, a cold shoulder towards the experience, right? The not care attitude, you know. We, we, I don't care what's going on in the world, right? I'm in my small world. So in other words, uh, we, 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 we become unbalanced. But with care, tender care and mindfulness, then we can actually uh, practice and uh, go through uh, this chaos and then we have, we find peace within ourselves. So this peace uh, that we are looking doesn't depend so much on external world. It's all of, uh, of course, uh, uh, external world that triggers, but really we need to find it within ourselves through the practice. So when you want peace, I want to remind you that there's three kinds of peace I see in the world. One is the peace people talking about, right? Be peaceful. We wish you peace. Um, well, you may not be peaceful. There's another peace I feel that we should devolve. Something that you should have to cultivate yourself. Peace, people can wish you peace, but you need to cultivate it yourself, right? So that's what I'm talking about. We have to cultivate that peace through what I've uh, explained to you. And then, there's also, of course, ultimate peace, the Buddha was talking about, the ultimate peace when you attain final liberation. So before that, we should rely on our developing, developing peace, right? Developing peace. So uh, I think with that, this is enough for today. Uh, I didn't time. I don't know even how much time we have. Uh, maybe because here it's about 3, 3 11 a.m., so uh, I don't know exactly how much time I have more because I woke up in the middle of night. So how many minutes to come at 45? We have uh, about 30 minutes. Uh, uh, for Q&A, is that it? Yes. Yes, yes. thank you very much, Soa. Uh, so now uh, I think um, it would be very, very good to open it to question and answer session, but, uh, and, but I just want to remind you what we, we've discussed. Uh, in brief, uh, is the way to peace. In brief, we, I, talk, I touched about uh, mindfulness. I touched about mindfulness. 
I, I like to make acronyms actually. <laughs> I like to make acronyms. Okay, peace. A stands for attention. That's mindfulness. That will take care of mindfulness, right? Attend mindfully, right? So that's peace. Then uh, P will stand for patience, right? We, we touched about patience, right? You need patience. If you want to, to find peace, be patient. And you need to remind yourself many times, right? Otherwise, you go into pieces, right? So now uh, E stands for uh, we would say uh, embracing the, the whatever's arising. Of course, you do. Oh, I embrace COVID. No, I embrace. No, 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 no. Try not to push away things you don't want. Of course, there's a tendency to push away things you don't want, but try to see the total picture of life. Right? Try to see the total picture of life. Not just only what you want, but also there's things that you don't want. You need to find a place it's and a space in your mental life, <laughs> right? Yes, so have a space for it, but of course not to say, oh, I'm embracing suffering, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, have it a proper attitude towards what's happening and not just pushing our things frantically, you know? So then it stands for embracing. Uh, of course, C stands for compassion, right? Compassion, and I want to remind you, self-compassion is also very important and uh, other, uh, compassion towards others because there's a tendency of people practicing compassion. They say, oh, I'm practicing compassion for others. And when they go in their little corners in the world, in their, in the, in, in their room, they are full of lack of compassion, right? So then uh, that's that they won't work, you know? So self-compassion and compassion towards others. And the E in peace stands for equanimity, equanimity, and equanimity. With that, I will close this talk and I would like you to sit for a moment or two uh, to uh, digest, uh, metabolize what I've said, just a minute or two. And then uh, I want to set you, settle back in the present moment, letting go of the past and future. May all beings find peace within themselves in this chaotic world. Atupamaya sabbesam satanam suko kamato pasitwa kamato metta sabbasate subhavaye. Having seen that all beings like oneself have a desire for happiness and peace, one develops methodical loving kindness, compassion, equanimity towards all beings. Thank you very much. I offer this for your reflection. Sad, sad, sad. I wish you the best. Thank you very much for being patient with my sleeping mind. Oh, I'm a person who sleep very early at, at 10 and I wake up very early at 4. So this mind in the middle of night, sorry if I felt very sluggish and all these things. 
So uh, I'm, I'm not uh, as, fre as fresh as uh, in morning hours, maybe at about, always I, I wake up and do yoga and meditate. So by seven, my mind's very fresh. So uh, please, I apologize if my mind was a bit murky and unclear with my ideas, but I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> with the, yes, so I wish you the best in this current time, which is difficult time. And, um, we need a big dose of compassion, a big dose of mindfulness and, and equanimity, and uh, we we'll, we shall overcome. We shall overcome this difficult situation. And uh, um, thank you very much for listening and your questions. Because actually, as a teacher. Uh, I learned from uh, a lot from questions and also giving me the opportunity to share the Dhamma from Uganda. Normally I come to USA and come to Cambridge Insights Meditation Center and I stay there and share Dhamma on that land. Uh, but here I am, in, I'm in the middle of Africa here and sharing Dhamma. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to share and uh, listening, of course, uh, it goes two ways, talking and listening. If people are not listening, uh, then you cannot share the Dhamma very well. So with that, I close with the blessing. May you be well, happy and peaceful. May you be free from suffering and its causes. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.